up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome to Dotting the Eye with Davidson Chad. Coming to you after a nice little 38-3 win over Sparty last weekend. The Buckeyes are 10-0, and and man, that feels good to say. How are you, Mr. Davis? I'm really good. Um, you know, it's kind of snuck up on us that, like, literally right around the corner is Thanksgiving and obviously the game. And, you know, every year it never fails that, you know, we look so much forward to the football season, but somehow in a snap of a finger, it's almost over. It's almost unfair how quickly it really does fly by. But, you know, for as quickly as it has gone by, I mean, this team has definitely shown a bunch of different sides. And from where we were at game one to where we're at now, I feel a lot better. Now, I know we did mention last episode to, you know, that might be a little bit of false hope that we've seen. And I think we kind of saw a portion of that with how good the offense looked in the first half. But, um, I don't know. Uh, what What do you want to kind of hit on first? Do you want to talk more about the defensive side or you want to go ahead and start it right off with the offense? Well, I think probably, well, l- let me just give you a general synopsis because that'll give you a, a better indication of where I'm at. Like you said, like we knew this was going to be a little bit of a, a, a hype game, meaning that, you know, we're at home in the shoe at night, you know, versus a, a very unworthy opponent at this point. In alternate the unis, alternate unis. I mean, the students have had all day to drink. We've had all day to drink. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just a it's it's a happy affair. And the pressure's off. The pressure's off to me. So, you know, like I really did expect what happened to happen. I was glad to see a lot of different guys get some playing time, including Lincoln Kleinholz. So let's let's at least talk about that, dude. I never thought in a million years we'd be seeing him. I thought we'd see either uh, you know, Gebbia or Dickhead um before <laughs> now, but <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is the reason why Devin Brown get, didn't get put in, the plan was to have him in, and apparently he might have re-aggravated his injury in warm-ups. Well, he's re-aggravated my nerves, too, so I guess we're even. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I guess from that point, dude, you know, before we really get into the offensive-defensive breakdown, I just want to say that it's kind of hard to break this game down because it is kind of a different vibe than what we felt all season. I really did feel like this was like the ultimate tune-up game. It almost felt like uh, like a charity golf outing that you play with a celebrity. Yeah, um, I, I don't think that you can just like brush this aside. I mean, there was Watch a me. lot of <laughs> – I, I think you still need to take a lot of positives out of this. First of all, it is important that you play a team that is not very good and you beat them handily. I mean, I'm really only kind of focusing more on this first half because we really started pulling people out early in the second half. Now, given, you know, I would have liked to have seen us play a little bit better in the second half. But that first half, I mean, it was by far the best uh, football that we've played on both sides of the ball is a combined, like in the same half. And... It's not just the score, but if you just watch the fluidity of the offense and you watch some of the throws that McCord, I mean, it was by far McCord's best day in regards to accuracy, being on time, taking care of the ball. Um, I mean, the second touchdown to Marv was a dime. That was a C.J. Stroud throw. I mean, there's only one place it could possibly have been, and he put it there. So, you know, I'm taking a lot of positive out of it, and – I'm hoping that, you know, with this upcoming game this weekend against Minnesota, which we'll we'll preview later this week, um, I'm hopefully expecting to see just continued confidence and, you know, hopefully keep everyone healthy, getting ready for obviously the game in a couple weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, I don't want to take anything from Kyle McCord. Um, I, you know, regardless of who you're playing, you know, your throwing accuracy 
is not going to be affected by that. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter who's on the other side of the ball. Where you place the ball is on you. And I thought he did a lot better job this week of putting the ball in tight spaces and in places where his players can make plays, uh, you know, better than he has in, in previous weeks. But like I said, I still hold on to that reservation at the end. It's still Michigan State. It's still at home at night, and it's still quite a bit of a cupcake game. So I'm, I'm only going to take it so far. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't disagree. Um, you know, I, I I agree. I'm taking with a grain of salt, and I think, you know, maybe some of the same might happen this weekend as well. But, you know, um, I like the fact that, you know, it was the first time this year that this team just looked like they could move the ball at will, and you felt like they were going to score on almost every drive. That was like the most familiar the offense has felt since last year. Yeah, 530 and, total yards. I mean, we haven't seen that number in a while. Yeah. And I just it it felt a lot more comforting and like, you know, we finally did what we should be doing. And, you know, the running game continues to look better. I know we didn't run for a ton of yards, but we really didn't need to. Uh, Trey looked good. Um, I think our offensive line has actually made a lot of improvements. Um, we're, We're really good in pass pro. And I think we're starting to finally, you know, figure out what what style of run game works best for this offensive line. And uh, we're starting to see it in better chunk yards and better average, you know, runs uh, yards per run. And, you know, just overall, I like the way that the offense kind of flowed. And, you know, even though it was against a lesser opponent, it wasn't just ho-hum play calls. Like, I thought there was a good mix of different plays in there. You know, the first one to Marv, you know, in a in a reverse sweep, you know, a handoff. You know, it's his first rushing touchdown of the year. Um, you saw, you know, um Xavier Johnson get a lot of uh, play time kind of at the H-back role as well. I mean, they mixed in a lot of different things. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, the confidence is not just with the players, but I'm thinking the coaches are starting to come around too. And we might just be starting to hit a stride at the right at the right part of the year. I mean, I hope so. I mean, that's what you look forward to in these games uh, between, which I hate to call them tune-up games because it's still Big Ten football. Um, you know, they're still pivotal matchups for us as far as conference play and, you know, and staying undefeated towards the CFP. But at the same point in time, do they are kind of tune-up games. That's kind of the the way that, that you know, the country views them and we view them as well. And, you know, but it, it is important to see progression. It is important to see the honing in of skills during these two weeks because, to be honest, dude, as we talked about before, we are on a crash course towards you-know-what. Absolutely, man. So um, I would probably give – not that we ever really do letter grades, but this is the first time I would feel comfortable giving the offense an A. Um, you know, uh, probably more focusing on that first half. But, I mean, I really feel like Ryan Day really calmed stuff down the second half too. If we wanted to put up, you know, almost 50 points in this game, I think we could have done it. Um, but defensively, I'll be perfectly honest, this is uh, – I saw a few things and just things in general that are a little bit red flaggy for me. Now, I, I know it was still a really good performance. I mean, we kept Michigan State to like 180 yards. The only points they scored was on a 50-yard field goal, and that's all great. Um, I still think they're playing really well. I still think, you know, and this is really a top-five defense, but there's a few things that concern me. Uh, one is obviously our health. Um, we just found out, uh, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, but um, Lathan Ransom's done for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, possibly, hurts, man. possibly in the postseason, he might be able to come back. But, you know, obviously for the most important game of the year, he's not going to be there, be there for us. Um, we've also had Tommy Eichenberg that's out. I'm not sure if he's going to be coming back this week. He may be. Uh, and then Michael Hall Jr. 
Um, you know, he only got like 10 snaps this last game. And then when asked about it at the press conference, Ryan Day just said, I have no comments on him right now. And you know what that means. Like, that's never a good sign. No. And he was a key piece to, you know, our interior defensive line. So I have some worries about our health um, on some of the key players. Now, I do have some comfort in the fact that I feel like we are deeper this year than we have been in past years. And some of the players that have come in and filled in in those roles of those missing players has done well. Um, I think a key one that we have to make sure we get back has got to be Josh Proctor, you know, to try to help fill that Lathan Ransom uh, void. Um, I do expect Tommy to come back, um, maybe not full health this week, but hopefully by the game. And I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see about Michael Hall Jr. But I know uh, players like Hero Cano, um, he, he stepped up the last few games um, on the defensive line. And I know that's probably one of our deepest positions. So I'm not as concerned about the defensive line. But, you know, I, I do have some issues there. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I think a lot of it, too, is precautionary. I think we all know. You have these two weeks. Why not use it? Could Proctor, you know, can Proctor play? Probably. You know what I mean? Can Michael Hall Jr. play? Probably. If we were playing Michigan last week, would they have played? Probably. You know what I mean? Like, but he's keeping them out, dude. He's trying to keep everybody healthy. And I think he should do the same thing next week. I do. Let's get all this, the rotation in there. Let's see the depth. And um, let's get everybody rested up, dude, so we can beat the shit out of those cards in Michigan. I can't say that. I'll cut it out. <laughs> Maybe you can. I don't know. <laughs> Who the hell's even listening? Um, yeah. So the other the other part I wanted to mention too that's bothered me, and it's been since the Rutgers game, is we got ran all over by Rutgers. You know, for the tune of what two hundred yards. And Michigan State, if you actually recall, especially in that first quarter, uh, they chunked us for you know a twenty yard run here, a thirty yard run here, a fifteen yard run here. There was like three, four chunk rushing plays early in that game that I'm like, boys, what are we doing? You know, now we still clamped down and and then we did make some adjustments and they didn't really run for much, you know, worth else the rest of the game. But there's we're starting to see a little kinks in the armor in, in regards to this run defense that is giving me a little bit of pause, especially after seeing what Michigan did uh, to Penn State this past weekend with their running game. Because, I mean, they didn't even throw the ball in the second half. J.J. McCarthy had, what, seven total completions off nine attempts and was able to win that game semi-comfortably at the end. Like, you know, we're going to have to have our, you know, especially the rushing defense, as sound as possible in a couple weeks. Now, I know we keep talking like we're overlooking this game, but uh, this upcoming weekend's game, but, you know – these are always questions that we have every time we've talked about any of these games. Like, what are we going to compare this performance to with what we are going to expect to have to do against Michigan if we're going to beat them? You know what I mean? I'm always asking myself that question, and there's still a few question marks here. Like, you know, I'm not saying I'm feeling any more extra confident or extra unconfident than I have over the last handful of weeks, but, you know, it's just some things to think about. At the end of the day, I think everybody knows Michigan's going to run the ball. They're going to run it. So you know that. It shouldn't take a first half adjustment. You know that's what's going to happen. So are we going to be prepared for it? That's my thing. Are we going to be ready? Are we going to be ready out of the gate? Not this, well, they ran it on us in the first half for the tune of 125 yards, and then we adjusted and stopped them. No, they're going to run it right out of the gate. So let's be ready for it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so what what is your take on – I mean, I, I think we kind of wrapped up this Michigan State game. There wasn't much to talk about other than it was a solid performance all the way around. Well, you know. everybody had 
so we're solid on that. Shout out to East Lansing. I'm not commenting on that either. <laughs> so, <laughs> but get, before we get to the CFP rankings here, which is you know normally what we do on our first week of the, our first episode of the week, um, kind of tell me what was your takeaway? I assume you watched the that Penn State Michigan game, right? Yeah. Um, what was your takeaway from now that we've seen like a very like opponent and a quality opponent, even though I know a lot of people are bashing Penn State's offense, Penn State still has an amazing defense, uh, arguably one of the, you know, top 10, in the, <clears throat> pardon me, top 10 in the country. Technically, I think they're almost top five. Um, but now that we've actually played a like opponent and a like quality opponent, how do you think their performance compared up to our performance against them? I have to be honest with you, dude. I think this is the first time that Michigan has really come against somebody that has to, that has, you know, tested him, that has kind of smacked him in the mouth a little bit with uh, such a good defense that Penn State has. And to be totally honest with you, man, I think they're human. It showed they're human. It's not this superhuman thing that everybody thinks they're all Michigan's just out here tearing everybody up. And, you know, when they beat Ohio or when they play Ohio State, they're going to do the same thing. No, I don't think that at all. I think we're very comparable teams this year. Really good defense and ho-hum offense on both sides. They have their niche of running the ball. I say we're a little bit more pass-friendly, a little bit more balanced than they are. Um, but I really feel like, dude, we are a great matchup for each other. I hate to say that. It, it makes me sound – I don't I don't even know what it makes me sound like, but I don't like saying it. It sounds gross. I feel like I just puked in my mouth. But anyway, <laughs> um, I think we match up really well, dude, and I really think that Vegas is going to think the same thing. I think when the game finally adjusts, there's no way that this spread is more than three and a half. Yeah, I haven't seen a spread yet, but I mean, I'll agree with something that you mentioned there, like about matchups is, and you know, we've seen a difference in this team uh, this year and so much more focus on, you know, limiting the big place, keeping things in front of you being a, a very sound defense, which is some of our mistakes in the last couple of years against Michigan. It's not maybe two years ago, they more wore us down, but really it was a bunch of mistakes and explosive plays last year. That That's what got us. And we're just not seeing it this year. I'm not really seeing any of the kinks, of the armor of like these massive plays that are that are causing these big scores i mean even if we do give up some chunk yardage we're, we're we're holding them you know to a field goal or nothing so um i i agree that i think this is a year that we're really matched up a lot better for this game and one thing i definitely took away is obviously i know that they didn't really use mccarthy and i don't know how much of that was the fact that you know, they had the lead. The running game was working. They stuck with it or Jim Harbaugh not being there, which, you know, I did call last episode that I thought he would be suspended and he was. Um, But, you know, it. I do not believe that, you know, especially with Ohio State having a better offense than what Penn State has, especially passing the ball, that they're not going to be able to get away with that kind of game plan against Ohio State. Are they going to be able to be more run heavy than passing? Yeah. Do I still expect that to happen? Yes. But they're going to have to ask a lot more J.J. McCarthy than to be seven for nine to win this game. Well, let me uh, tell you something, dude. J.J. McCarthy sucks. I'm sorry, dude. For everybody out there that thinks he's like some great quarterback, you are wrong. Watch football a minute. He sucks. Michigan has a great running game and a great defense, and that's why they are where they are right now. And you know what, dude? That's not going to get them farther. I, I think you and I both know whether they win this game or not on a national level, they're not going to compete. I'm sorry to tell you that. Who, whoever thinks they are, if they get into the top four, is wrong. They are not going to compete on a national level. I promise you. So, like I said, J.J. McCarthy, dude, get out of here, dude. I, I really don't care. The hell with that guy. The hell with that team. 
Yeah, we're we're not going to go down that rabbit hole again. I know we did last episode. The last thing I want I want to mention about that game that I took away from um, is Penn State's rushing yards and what they did to Michigan. They were still able to run for 164 yards in that game for 4.7 a clip, and Ohio State only gave up 49 rushing yards. And I'm not necessarily saying that our rush defense is better than their rush defense, but I, the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, even knowing how poor Penn State's passing game was and knowing that they were going to have to run the ball a lot, they were still able to run for 164 yards on Michigan. And I think that that might be something that we might be able to exploit uh, up in Ann Arbor in a couple weeks is if we can get our running game going. And I like Trayvon Henderson more than I like Katron Allen or Nicholas Singleton. Yeah, and, I just I don't fully believe in the running game yet this year. I hate to say that. We haven't done it um, in opportune moments, moments, I guess you could say. We've seen glimpses here and there. And since Trey's come back off his injury, um, you know, he's been a lot better. You know, how versatile he is, dude. He can catch the ball. He can, you know, he gets out in space. He, you know, you can hit him in the screen. Like, there's all kind of different ways that he can get him the ball. And I feel like that opens up a lot more for him. But it, as far as me saying, like, right now, if Chip was our running back, I really don't think we'd be talking this way about the running game. So I think it's more Travion than it is our running game. Um, and you know, I, I just, I, I fail to see how that's going to really improve when we face really good competition. Like I said, Travion's going to have to play out of his mind. That's how I feel. I don't feel like our running game is that much better. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say our running game is that much better. I'm just saying on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, since, you know, we, we clearly saw what Penn State did and how many yards they were able to get. I think that's something that can be exploited, but yeah, but do you think maybe they're a little bit overrated? Cause I, I'd be honest with you, dude, after seeing them in Columbus and then seeing them this weekend, I don't think they're that good. Well, you also got to think the two teams that they went up against that they lost to and look bad to are two of the top three teams in the country. Yeah, but two you of know, the top three teams in the country have only went against Penn State and Notre Dame. And Michigan's yeah. only went against Penn State. So what are you really judging to? You know what I mean? Well, I, think, I think it's a combination. I don't think you're incorrect. I think it's a combination that Penn State is probably – overrated to some extent but also i think ohio state and michigan's defenses are that good oh i agree dude you, you'll not hear me you know talk about either defense poorly um i definitely think like i said i think it's going to be a defensive battle when we play michigan i really do like i don't see some gigantic score do you no i'm predicting something pretty much along the same lines of what the the penn state games have been maybe a little bit less i mean we beat them 20 to 12 they beat them what 35 24 i don't think it'll be that i mean i i don't think either team's going to get into the 30s um i know we're starting to preview this way too soon and we still well, have the Minnesota we got preview Michigan, due, but we should talk about those cheating bastards and uh what's going on with them lately so you heard obviously i mean you know harbaugh got suspended three games and it's not even really a suspension Okay, it's three games that he can't be on the sideline during a game. Whoopity do. And we don't know if that's actually going to last too, because they're trying to get an injunction in, in a temporary restraining order against the Big Ten, so he can go back on the sidelines. Let me tell and, you something, dude. And I, I, I was going to bring this up because I knew you'd say that. Friday, I'm not looking for any kudos. Is my birthday, and if Jim Harbaugh is freed of charges on Friday and able to coach again in football, I may possibly dig a hole and bury myself in it. That is not a way to spend a birthday. <laughs> happy birthday well, chad by the way jim harwell's free oh let me okay. ask, let me ask you this you know obviously we want to beat michigan this year probably as bad as we ever have 
And don't you want to do it with Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines so there's no bullcrap excuses? Sorry, dude. Um, what were you doing? Are you starting to dig the hole? <laughs> I, I literally tried to pick up my pencil and smack the microphone. But anyway, <laughs> um, dude, half and half. Yes, I do want him to be there because it'd be nice to see his face as we beat him. But also, they're go- they're always going to have an excuse, man. It doesn't That's matter true. if they play their best football, they're going to have an excuse. So it doesn't matter to me. I want to see that program in as much turmoil as it can be in. So I hope nobody's allowed in the game at all. hope it's just the players on the sideline. That's what I <laughs> seriously hope. It doesn't bother me either way. As long as we beat them, I really don't care because I'm just t- I'm tired of it. Dude, there's always going to be talk. And I really think that Friday when Harbaugh gets in front of the, you know, the court, he's probably going to say some ignorant stuff. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you some of the stuff he says has to do with Ohio State and makes headlines. What do you what do you think about that? I I think he's just completely delirious. I mean, you heard him say what yesterday the other day that Michigan's now America's team, right? Yeah, I heard. I'm, oh, I, I mean, you, I didn't know you no, actually I'm, really wanted I'm, me to respond. I thought I, I don't. Really I mean, questions. I'm assuming everyone has, but I mean, it's it's the most ridiculous thing. Like, at first they're like, you know, Michigan against everybody, but now all of a sudden they're America's team, and we're crying on national television because they've everyone's done us so wrong, and it's us against everyone. But we're the ones that cheated and got caught, but somehow we're going to make ourselves out to be the victims in this and try to use it to bolster our, our locker room, like. Just Shut pathetic. the hell up. I mean, yeah. it's oh, it is pathetic. That's probably the best word. It's just pathetic, man. Absolutely pathetic. Well, why don't you go ahead and uh, do our sponsor read before we get into the CFP? Absolutely. So I uh, actually I was just talking to Craig the other day. We're going to have him on the podcast. We're going to talk some football. We're going to talk his product. Um, so if you don't know about his product, like I said, make sure you check it out. www.additionalflavors.com. All kind of spices, all kind of rubs for your meats. Um, all kind of different, uh, you know, seasoning techniques and stuff like that. He's got on the website. And if you check out the main page there at the bottom, you'll see uh, we are the official Ohio State podcast of additional flavors. So make sure you check that out. Um, and if you buy something from them and uh, and you love it or you hate it, whatever, either way, uh, let us know when we'd love to hear about it. And so would he. So anyways, www.additionalflavors.com. Yep. Go check them out. All right, CFP time. This is we only got two more reveals after this week. You have one more before um, the game. No, I take it back. There's three more, right? You got this one. You got next week. And then the final. Then you have no. Then you have one more after that that is leading up to the conference championships, and then that Sunday. So there's three more after this one. I think we're what halfway through. This is like the third installment. You might be right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's six reveals. So this is we're halfway through the reveal, but really, I mean, we're down to the pretty much the nitty gritty here. And there's some changes. Um, we'll start at the bottom, but again, we're mainly going to focus our time pretty much up the top. Um, 25 is Kansas, 24 Tulane, 23 Oklahoma State, 22 Utah, 21 Kansas State, 20 UNC, 19 Notre Dame, 18 Tennessee, which surprises me that Tennessee staying ahead of Notre Dame. Cause I think Tennessee by far has a terrible loss, you know, only scoring seven. Uh, anywho, uh, Arizona 17, probably the most surprising thing to me or the most ridiculous thing, Iowa at 16, one of the most inept offenses in the history of college football, but yet somehow they're eight and two and rank 16th in the country. It's almost laughable. Uh, yep. 15 LSU, 14 Oklahoma, 13 Ole Miss, 12 Penn State, 
And I'll be honest, you know, for rankings, I, that kind of helps us a little bit. Penn State stayed still pretty close to the top 10. Um, Oregon State 11. And we'll stop there for a second before we go to the top 10. Um, realistically, and I'm, I know we've talked about this, no team has ever made a CFP Final Four that has two losses. And I don't anticipate that happening this year. So realistically, none of those teams I mentioned are going to matter at all with the exception of Louisville. And I really don't see a scenario where Louisville can make it in, even if they went out and beat Florida State and are a one-loss ACC champ. Because I'm going to talk to you after we um, reveal the top 10 and discuss it for a sec. And and I'm going to give you some scenarios, and I want you to kind of give me your input there. But uh, anything, I guess, worth mentioning that I talked about, uh, what, 25 through 11? I don't think so. I stuck on Iowa. Like you said, I just can't believe that they they went up six spots this week. That's kind of ridiculous. And like you said, Louisville, even though they're a one loss team, kind of sitting on the outside, hanging at number 10. I don't see any scenario where they get in. Um, You know, when you are not a brand name team, when you are a. I guess I'm not going to say that they're they're a second tier team. They're they're a second second tier tier team. team. You better be undefeated. You better and, be and you can't have a you can't have a horrible loss where you get blown out at at an unranked pit team. You already know, man. If Boise State's undefeated and Oregon has one loss, it's Oregon. Okay, so you know what I mean. Like you, well, have Boise to State's be, a group of five, and at least. But do you, you know, know what I'm saying? They're on a tier, like they're in a second I, tier. Yes, to me. I get it. Now, I mean, if they were to win the ACC, I mean, that's a lot more legit than winning the, you know, whatever the Mountain West Conference is or whatever they're in. But I understand what you're saying. I mean. Their brand name is not going to carry them far enough for them to have any of these major falters like they did at Pitt. So I'm exactly. I, I pretty much, you know, I think we can easily count out everyone out of the top 10 or outside the top 10. And realistically, I think there's at least one extra team inside the top 10 that we can remove as well. And we'll talk about it here in a sec. So let's go ahead and reveal uh, the top 10, starting with number 10. Uh, and I did say 10 is Louisville uh, at nine and one. Nine is Missouri, and they are now the top-ranked two-loss team in the country. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, then we have eight, Alabama, seven, Texas. So they still have Alabama below Texas. They favor that head-to-head, even though clearly, I think you could agree, Alabama looks a hell of a lot better than Texas does right now. Yeah. Uh, Oregon uh, still remains the top one-loss team at the number six spot. spot. Uh, Washington still remains at five, which is a little surprising. Uh, Florida State at four, Michigan at three, and then the switch happened, which I anticipated, but OSU drops to number two and Georgia at one. Uh, anything that kind of stands out to you there that you'd like to comment on? Just one thing. First of all, the Georgia-OSU switch, like we argued about last week, I thought was already going to happen. So the fact that it happened this week doesn't shock me. doesn't surprise me. I'm not mad about it. I knew it was coming sooner or later. They just can't wait to put Georgia at the top. You know that. Um, but the one thing, and I'm going to keep saying this week after week, how many, un- or how many ranked teams does Washington have to beat to jump Florida state and Michigan? That's what I'd like to know. How many ranked teams do they need to beat? every week? Now, like I said, they didn't look great. I'll give them that. They did not look great. They eked out a win, but they keep winning. They keep winning dude. And they have a Heisman candidate quarterback and they keep winning. I understand like I said, that that maybe you think the eye test puts Florida State and Michigan above that. I'm not sure how, but you do think that Florida State and Michigan are above Washington based on the eye test. But, dude, good God, at some point there has to be a resume factored in here. And Washington, like I said, took care of Utah. That's another ranked win. And 
Florida State hasn't taken care of almost anybody this season. And Michigan just got their first ranked win this weekend versus Penn State. So, dude, what are we doing here? I feel like it's a travesty what's happening to Washington, man. I don't know what the vendetta is against them. But honestly, dude, it really pisses me off. It should be Georgia, Ohio State, Washington, Michigan, Florida State. I would even flip-flop uh, the Florida. Well, I, I think I would agree with that. Um, Florida State's uh, rank win against LSU at the beginning of the season isn't looking as good. I mean, now that LSU has three losses. Um, and then they had to go win overtime at Clemson, which is just a 5-4, and 6-4 and four type of team this year. Um, the other ranked win they had at, you know, against Duke is no longer a ranked win anymore. I mean, Florida State's resume is not great. Um, in regards to what it was looking like at the beginning of the year. Plus, you know, they, they struggled against a Miami team that's reeling and didn't even, you know, either bench their starting quarterback or we're, we're having some quarterback issues. So, yeah, I, I'm not high on Florida State, but unfortunately, if you actually look at the remaining schedules, Florida State has the easiest path to the CFP. They have the easiest remaining schedule left. So out of all these top five teams that are unbeaten, I'd say they're probably the most likely to get into the CFP. So, you know, these rankings ultimately are only going to matter in regards to matchups, you know, because I think if everyone just takes care of business in front of them, I mean, you're in, everyone still holds their own destiny and their Washington still holds their own destiny uh, just on the fact that, you know, Ohio state Michigan has to play each other. Well, I'm going to tell you this much right now, Washington plays Oregon state at Oregon state. Okay. Oregon State is favored by two and a half this weekend right now. I actually made this bet on FanDuel. So if Washington beats Oregon State and they don't move, I swear to God, I'll probably never take anything the CFP says to heart ever again. So I don't I think, understand. I think one of the reasons why Washington is continuing to be disrespected, even though they they currently have the best win out of the top five. Out of everybody. Um, yeah, because they, they've beaten the number six overall team, the highest one loss team. Exactly. Um, but I think the reason why, at least the only one I can fathom why they still have it down at five is because they have Washington has the worst defense out of those five teams. And it's not even close now, Florida, uh, maybe closer to Florida State, but really Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan have separated themselves uh, by being not only a great defense, but actually all three of those teams have uh, their offense and defense ranked in the top 25. So I understand that, but did, I, I, I mean, think their resume looking, have to figure. Well, it absolutely I mean, it should. To and, and if that's the case, even though Georgia has some of these bigger wins coming down the stretch, they still don't have the same strength of record that Ohio State does. Ohio State still has the better strength of record. And the worst one is actually Michigan. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's the same argument we've been, we made the first couple of weeks. Like this committee sometimes wants to take into account resume Sometimes it's eye test, sometimes it's a combination, and sometimes it's just for some reason I have no idea. They just don't feel like moving them. But and I, I mean, just don't understand how you can keep the game and the integrity fair, you know, throughout the process when you do that. I just don't understand that. So you're saying like it matters for some, but it matters for who you want it to matter for. I mean, I guess I don't, I don't understand. You know what I mean? Like, right. In no world, resume to resume to resume. Is is Washington not ahead of both Florida and, and Michigan or Florida State and Michigan? And you can rank those however you want to after that. But there is no way resume wise that they're not in front of them. And I, I just I can't get behind that. I'm sorry, I can't. All right. So let's go ahead now that we're halfway through the CFP re- reveals, you know, for the year. 
And I know that we still have a couple regular season games left in championships uh, Saturday, but let's run through some of these. And I want you to tell me who do you think is going to be your most likely top four out of this? Doesn't necessarily be who you think should be or who you think may win, but which which of these four is the most realistic finals? Uh, obviously, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, and Washington are all unbeaten. But Ohio State and Michigan is going to play. And judging by what I'm seeing this year, I do not think – I mean, it's possible, but I don't think the loser of that game has a chance to get in. It definitely wouldn't be if Michigan were to lose because we know they're out, you know, out of conference schedule and their resume is nowhere near as strong as Ohio State's. But even if it's a close game and Ohio State barely loses, they have the better chance. But judging by what some of these other teams are doing, I don't know if there's a window that the loser of that uh, game gets in this year. So that that's another possibility where only one Big Ten team's getting in this year. Um, it, there's, I don't know. How, let's start with Georgia. Like, what is your confidence level that Georgia's going to make the CFP? I mean, it all depends on Alabama. And, and honestly, you know. but that, but listen, that's a great thing you just said there because you didn't say, well, it's pretty much a done deal. It doesn't matter what they do in the SEC championship game because you know what? This year it absolutely does because Georgia had a weak, soft out of conference schedule. And overall, there's, you know, their strength of schedule is not great. I know they've had a few decent wins down the road here with Missouri and Ole Miss, but other than that, you know, including Tennessee, but after they beat Tennessee, Tennessee with four losses isn't going to be a ranked team. And they're not going to get much credit for that anymore. But at the end of the day, I mean, they're going to have to beat Alabama to make sure they get in. Because if you lose to Alabama, then you're opening up a whole other can of worms where, one, Alabama obviously has to go in ahead of Georgia. But then you got this Texas head-to-head with Alabama. And they've continued to put Texas ahead of Alabama. And what if Texas runs the table? Because they're one, they're like, they're, you think, but they're a sleeper here. Do you really think if Alabama wins the SEC and Texas runs the table in the Big 12, that they will then jump Alabama over Texas? Yes, and I Alabama do. will go into the CFP and yes, Texas I do. won't. 100%. Here's what I think the winner of uh, Alabama and Georgia is in, and possibly the loser too, if the loser is Georgia. I don't see any way the loser of that game gets I in. I do, with, because with, with Oregon the other. and Washington have to play. Oregon and Washington have to play. The winner of that game will be in. Michigan and Ohio State have to play. The winner of that game will be in. So now you're looking at either Georgia or Alabama, either Ohio State or Michigan, and either Washington or Oregon. Okay? That will put Alabama in. Florida State's still hanging out. Dude, they're going to ride it to the end. They're not going to lose. So that's it. Right. That's it. That's your time. So, so, so you're giving me a Florida State. You're giving me a Georgia or an Alabama. So you're giving me Florida State, SEC, Big Ten, Pac-12. Yes. That's so right. Big 12 is out yes. regardless. Uh-huh. And you do not see a scenario. Now, I understand that's what you think should happen, and I don't disagree with you. Dude, Alabama will have the best win. It doesn't matter what Texas has done. They may have the head-to-head, but they'll have a better resume and an SEC championship. Dude, I'm telling you, you know, you know as well as I do, they cannot wait. To put Alabama in, and they're on the uptick too. Everybody's talking about it. Oh, they look better every single week. They look a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And I'm telling you, dude, at the end of the year, they can't wait. That is 100% what this committee looks for as a reason to put Alabama's ass in the playoffs, and they're gonna do it. Watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly can't disagree with anything you said there. I mean, it's sad to say, but I mean, we've seen it time and time again. So you know, we're kind of scarred and almost kind of expecting it. Um. 
So let me ask you this, because I have a couple scenarios. The 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 next one here, and I did kind of hit on it a little bit. I said I doubt, judging by what I'm seeing, that the loser of the Ohio State Michigan game still gets in like what they did last year. But what is it going to take for that to still be a possibility? And what I think is we need Georgia to take care of business. That knocks Alabama out. Um, we need Florida State to slip up and possibly lose to Louisville because um, I think that's the only game they even have a chance to lose. We need Washington to probably lose to Oregon State and then turn around uh, and then beat Oregon. And then you need Texas to probably slip up. And if that happens, there's still a real possibility that the loser of that Ohio State-Michigan game can still get in. Now, that's a lot of what-ifs. I mean, you I need mean, a lot yeah. of things to go your way. But do you see – is there a possible scenario where do you think that can happen uh, for the second year in a row? In real life? No. Theoretically, sure. Um, you know, it, yeah, it's possible. A lot well, of it also matters lose. what team loses that game, too. Because it if it's I Michigan, I say no. If it's Ohio State, they have a fighting chance. To me, dude, Florida State's got a cakewalk. Unless something crazy happens, they're in. I mean, that's a lock. Florida State's a lock, like I said. And we've already talked about the teams that have to play each other still. Um, and I really feel like, you know, some of the way that this thing can fall, I think they're just, depending on who wins these games of the top match matchups here in the top eight here, um, you know, I still think if one of these teams, like if it ends up being like a one-loss Georgia or something like that, I I still think they're getting in over us. I do. I mean, there it would take a lot. It would take a lot to happen. I mean, is it possible? Yeah, but well, like, plus I get Georgia's it, like, one loss. Chance. Georgia's one loss would tie ours or Michigan's one loss, and they would have reached their conference championship game, and that loss would have came to a CFP team. Yeah. So I, I understand that. So you know, I, I don't really see the window, but I guess theoretically is possible. But again, that's not the mindset. You know, I don't want that to be fool's gold. Like, oh, well, this game, the game doesn't matter. You know, we can still get CFP and possibly have a crack at the national title. Regard- no, I mean, this year is do or die. This really feels like a do or die year uh, against that team up north. And I think it, because there's do you think this? I mean, I do, but I want to see if you agree. I think the fact that there is five. 10 win teams right now is the biggest factor in this. I think if there wasn't, if there was one undefeated team or two undefeated teams, everybody else had a loss, we'd be talking a different game right now. But the fact that we're this far into the season, there's five undefeated teams, I think it changes the game. It does. And honestly, I haven't gone back and looked at this late in the season, how many teams have remained unbeaten. But this seems like the first time in a long time that almost every single conference has a legit chance to still get in. And normally by this time, you can like cancel out like the ACC is done or the Pac-12 is already done or the Big 12 is already done. You can make an argument easily for every single conference. I mean, the conference that's probably in the worst position right now is the Big 12. And that team's still sitting at seven with Texas, and they're still giving them the nod ahead of Alabama at this point. I mean, things can happen, but, you know, I think this is the first time, at least in recent memory for me over the last handful of CFPs, that every conference still has a crack at this. Now, I do think the most interesting thing, because I'm going to tell you what I'm predicting. I'm predicting that uh, Oregon beats Washington. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of there with you as well. So before, I don't want you to tease this because you may be thinking the same thing as me, but I want to throw this last thing out there for you. What were the first four teams that were in the first ever 
CFP. Alabama uh, was ranked one. Florida State, Ohio Florida State. Was, so Alabama was ranked one. Um, yep. Oregon was ranked two. Florida yep. State was Florida ranked State three. We were ranked four. Yep. There is a way that we can get not necessarily the same order, but we can get the same exact four teams in. For That'd the be cool last, for like the last for one, the yeah. for the last one because you can see Alabama getting in if they beat Georgia. Sure you can, can see Ohio State getting in if they win. You can see Florida State getting in if they win out. And if Oregon beats Washington, especially with them having a top five offense and a top twenty defense, and avenging that loss and make, looking good doing it, I could see Oregon jumping in there. And then if all that happens, you have Ohio State probably ranked one. You would have Florida State ranked two. You would have probably coin flip between Oregon and Alabama at three or, or four. So you could potentially have Ohio State and Al- Ohio State at one, Alabama at four, flip flopped. And you could have Florida State and Oregon at two and three, flip flop from the first year. You could have yeah. the exact same matchups. The only difference is the rankings were flip flopped. How crazy that would, would cool. that be? It would be cool. I, and I don't think like the, I don't uh, think that's that far fetched either. I like the results the last time we did it, so let's do it again. Let's run it back. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I liked it as the four seed. I don't know, you know, and it would yeah. be funny if we if that does happen, it would be the first time ever that we've been the number one seed in the final CFP. Because the highest yeah. we've ever been is number two. Yeah. Uh, dude, I would love to be just to kind of see what it looks like from the ivory tower. I wouldn't mind. Because <laughs> really, I mean, because then realistically, your only argument is a one-loss Georgia against a one-loss Oregon. And I think you take the Oregon team that won the Pac-12 in a Pac-12 um, conference this year that was pretty tough in most people's eyes. Yeah. I mean, even I even if Georgia like loses on a last second overtime field goal or something like that, if Oregon wins the Pac-12 one loss, I think you got to take them over top of Georgia. And even though I agree, I think Georgia's one of the top four teams in the country this year. They can be left out just like we were left out in 2015 when I feel like we were one of the best four teams in the country. And one game took us out off of one last field goal. I've stuck with this all season long. You know, there's a difference between to me where you deserve to be ranked. Like when I'm talking about Washington and who I truly feel are the top four teams in the country. And I've been saying for weeks, I feel like Oregon is the top four team in the country. And I still feel that way today. Now, I don't know if it'll end that way, but I still feel like if you're telling me, Chad, pick the best four football teams, uh, Oregon is going to be a pick of mine. Yeah. So barring obviously not with Ohio State, but wouldn't it be fun to just kind of see some random chaos happen? <laughs> Dude, and, how many years have we talked about this? I want to see everybody lose. But it's not – like, well, I don't want to see Ohio State lose, but well, no, I, I would love to see, see everyone else. Tell. I mean, it'd be, I'd be so curious to see, like, what happens if Washington loses this week? You know, I don't think that's going to matter that much. You know, I, I think it will, you know, if Washington loses to Oregon State but then ends up beating Oregon. But that's two wins against Oregon. Dude, I so I don't know like, if that'll help them. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if I see a window where Washington or Oregon doesn't get in, in my opinion. I think one of those two teams is probably going to get in. Um, I think Pac-12 has a really good chance. I think the Big Ten has a really good chance. Um, I think the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 are still maybes, even though you have Georgia at one. Um, I, I take that back. I, I, I think SEC is kind of a lock in there, too, really. But, you know, I, I do I, I would like to see some chaos as long as it doesn't involve Ohio State just to see just some mix up here. 
And I mean, it, it, it never fails every single year. There is something that happens. You know, obviously it was the USC stuff late last year that got us to sneak in. Um, obviously in the first year, we came out of nowhere and climbed three spots that last day. You know, crazier things have happened and are most likely that we're sitting here talking about like what happens. And we haven't even I don't think it'll happen. But what happens if Georgia loses uh, to Tennessee? I mean, yeah, you know, I, I don't think that's possible. Or what happens if Florida State, you know, loses prior to the Louisville game? Or what happens if I mean, there's other teams that could stub their toe. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but, you know, I think, I, I, I think we are scenario, running out of time for for some crazy things to happen, though. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I think almost any scenario like that, a Georgia losing to a Tennessee or a Florida State losing an out of conference game, um, I think all that does is open the window because, you know, the Big Ten teams are going to knock each other out. Uh, dude, I think Oregon's in. Yeah, I think they'll I, put Oregon I'm, in. I'm really I, I'm really feeling strong about Oregon making in the CFP. I really am. I don't think that they're going to lose another game. I think they look too good. Uh, and I'll be perfectly honest of all the teams that could possibly be in the CFP, if assuming Ohio State makes it, that's probably one of the teams that I'd probably be the most, most nervous to go against. Let me ask Just you because this. they had they're, they're good on both sides of the ball. Forget about who's forget about who's the best four teams in the country. You get to pick four for the final CFP. You get to pick four teams that you want to see in the playoffs. You can go by brand, you can go by history, you can go by ever whatever. Pick four teams to be in the CFP. Um, obviously I want Ohio State in there, and I'd like them at number one. Um, I would like to see, I would probably say Oregon at two. I would probably then go with I'll you know what I'll be perfectly honest. I want to see exactly what I said earlier. I want to see Ohio State 1, I want to see uh Florida State 2, Oregon 3, Alabama 4. Let's run it back. Okay. I'm going to go, dude, I like I said I'm going to go with the 3 you probably already knew, you probably roll your eyes when I say it. Uh, I'm going to go Alabama. I'm going to go Ohio State. I'm going to go Texas. And then I'm going to go the new kids on the block, Oregon. I think that's, to me, that would be the best for this country. You've got the three core brands there, and then you've got the trendy kids. You know what I mean? The stuff that everybody likes because they change uniforms and shoes every week. You know what I mean? Like that appeals to the masses on every level. So those are the four that I would pick if I got to pick. Yeah, and if I was an Ohio State fan, I, I think I probably could be an Oregon fan. To be honest with you, I mean, they already got the block O. They got some sweet Quack jerseys. <laughs> dude, I, I, I would probably own like 16, 17 different jerseys because every time they would come out with a new one, dude, they always look sweet. Dude, you already um, like the Mighty Ducks and you're halfway there. Ducks are ducks, bud. You know absolutely. I mean? yeah. Quack, 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 Mr. Ducksworth. <laughs> All right, All man, man. Let's wrap this thing up, dude. We've gone on long enough and we got plenty more this season to talk about when it comes to CFP. Yeah, don't forget we do have our Minnesota uh, game preview coming up later this week. I know we've been talking a lot about that future matchup with uh, that team up north, but we definitely have not overlooked Minnesota, nor do I think the team will be. Uh, so we'll be giving our preview for that coming up later this week. Um, again, uh, another shout out to our sponsor, Additional Flavors. If you haven't gotten a chance, go check them out. Uh, there's also a link on our website uh, for them. Uh, our website is dtipodcast.com. Uh, we also keep a record of um me and chad's prop bets which he has climbed back up a little bit i'm only with a two-point lead with a couple weeks to go so anything can i just still want to clarify something we got a little group text going here with uh you know our buddy john converse 
uh, you know, during the games. We throw a couple of texts here and there. And this guy said, and I want to throw this out there, he said he is the prop bet guy. And that is a direct quote. That is a direct quote. That's what he said. Who I just want to point that out. I want who, that on record. Who said that? You said that. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure. You know, yeah. It was, oh, yeah. Me. it was me. <laughs> it was you. <laughs> yeah, it was me. But, so, I, yeah, listen, I, if I'm going to talk that crap, I better end up with a W at the end of the year. Or else. I'm going to say, the prop bet guy has lost two out of the three two weeks in a row. <laughs> but the prop bet guy is still up two on the year. So That is true. I mean, I got to give you that at least, yeah. But anyways, yeah, uh, check out our website. And we also have a Facebook page and our Twitter page as well. Uh, it's just dotting the eye with Davis and Chad. So give those a shout out, too. Uh, that's usually how we share a lot of our information, fan interaction, stuff like that. Um and then, yeah, hopefully uh, here in the next episode or two, we hopefully we can get uh, Craig from Additional Flavors on. Uh, we might have a surprise for you for Michigan Week. Uh, another guest possibly on that episode. And just a lot happening, man. A lot happening in the last couple of weeks. It's, it's it's an exciting time. Um, I just I, I can't wait. We got to not look past this weekend, but I can't wait. So anything you'd like to add, Mr. Chad? No, man. Uh, I hate gophers. Except for the one in Caddyshack, though, right? You mean we can't? Sir, excuse me, but I think if we kill all the golfers, they'll lock us up and throw in the key. <laughs> Just the golfers. <laughs> and with uh, that, guys, we appreciate y'all listening. And as always, go Bucks. Oh, wait.